Firestorm and hold oh for They God. will remember your this face guy. for 20 fucking years. It has, it has and you been, come back up and they'll be like, nah, mate, remember that time 20 years ago? Not yeah. getting in here. Exactly. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened with this guy, right? And John's like, what did you do? I'm like, I honestly didn't do anything wrong. Glad to have you back. This is Pat's podcast featuring John and Alec. <laughs> Cheers, guys, before we even... Yeah, cheers. Which one? Which one? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Jesus Christ. That should be the opening of your podcast. Oh, Multiple clinks. Just all the clinks. Well, we were at one bar, we tried to cheers just... once, and it was plastic cups, and it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> were they red plastic cups? No, it was like. It might have been no. cans, actually, or something weird. White claw cans. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the buyback. Welcome to the buyback <laughs> podcast. We are in Dublin. Uh, we are on Drury Lane, Drury Street. Drury Street. Drury Street. We are sitting with Killian and Katie. We had an interview scheduled this morning. We got stood up, um, and that's all right because luckily we know some people here who are willing to grace us with their presence. Before we get into like bartending questions, do you guys want to tell us just a little bit about where you worked, a little bit about yourself, and how you got into the, the bars that you worked in? Sure. You go first, Katie. Uh, Grant, uh, yeah, I'm Katie. I. I think I first, I live here in Dublin now, but when I was bartender, I started in Cambridge. Um, so I actually worked at my first bar when I was underage. <laughs> um, get You got away with stuff like that then. Um, yes, yeah, so that was when I was 17 in Cambridge. And then when I was 18, I moved to Barcelona. So I would have worked on the, the bar and club scene over there for a good kind of four, three, four years. Yeah, what me. were the names of the bars in Barcelona? Uh, I worked in um, Travel Bar and Travel Bar Port, so they were like two bars owned by the same person, so they were like backpacker kind of tourist bars, and then I worked in an Irish bar called The Green Room, which was kind of an Irish pub slash club, <laughs> it was very strange, but yeah, I worked there for a bit as well, um, yeah, and I also worked in a couple bars down in Alicante, like a rock bar and wow. yeah, a few different, few different places. A rock, a rock I'm bar. I'm to hand up with a small chance so I can get a drink for a time. Look. No, no, no chance. Sure, I'm still going to get one seat to get a fucking drink for a time. No chance. I might have 150. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but I'm still going to come stay. No worries, man. Yeah, I'm so sorry. We went on a late show last year. I sang with Glenn Hansen. No way, really, oh, yeah? Amazing. There you go. That's all I have. Have a good night. Thanks very much. Please tell me you keep this in the recording. Oh, yeah. Because this is like, <laughs> at a tent guard, you can't sit out in the street in Dublin without some <laughs> some, some ale beggar coming up and giving you a story. Yeah. What did we say you played with? Glenn Hansen. Glenn Hansen. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. On the Late Late Show, so that's very... Very... Take that with a pinch of salt. Um, uh, you said Al... Alicante. It's just, yeah. it's a, it, it was a town uh, just outside Alicante, and it was like a rock bar that I worked in. Um, yeah. Well, what is Alicante? It's a city in towards the south of Spain, and I lived in a town just outside Alicante. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Killian. Uh, I grew up in a town called Hull, just outside of Dublin. Uh, I started working in bars there when I was about 14 or 15. Um, got into a restaurant there, um, all run by a guy called Niall Sabongi, who's uh, quite big in Dublin now. He set up like Claw and the Seafood Cafe. Um, he was really big in the international cocktail scene and everything else. So I was lucky enough to get a lot of training off of him. Then I moved to New York and started working in Trading Post where I met John and Alex. 
and there are some wild days and then for a while there I don't know if you know this actually I was working on fucking fiddlesticks for a while oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. the worst time yeah. of my life yeah. uh, but I was working on fiddlesticks for a while um, in what's West so bad Village. about fiddlesticks? it's, <laughs> oh, it's just it's like like the West Village is like worst fucking party bar. It's okay, just, it's okay, a shit. Right, it's a sticky right, right, yeah, It's yeah. a fucking Drunk circus. People, oh, people, our managers yeah. were on Molly most of the time we were yeah. working. Okay. Like it was just like <laughs> anything goes. Um, but I had great experience in trading posts because I mean John and Sammy and I were like consummate pros at what they did. Uh, worked with great chefs and everything. But yeah, and got a lot of cocktail training there as well, which is great. And then moved back and started working in a local bar. Here before selling my soul and going into nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your favorite things about working in pubs or bars? Um, the social aspect of it is great. Depending on how far you can take it, it can it can make you or kill you. But um, yeah, the social aspect of it was great. Just kind of being able to talk to people. It's a it's a very nice job, especially when you're working somewhere where like in New York or in Ireland, where a lot of people are like out for holidays or out for an event or even just out for a good night out and like you're getting people at their best and you're talking to people at their best which I always thought was brilliant because like like obviously everyone has a fucking pain in the ass customers but for the most part when I look back at it I was like oh, I missed the, just the crack as we said yeah, just, the, just, yeah. just the fun of it um, the, the crack meaning Fine. Well, yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 not the American way. On every Irish American We used to get in so much trouble over in New York because we go in because like the crack over here, C R A I C, is an Irish word, which is like like a good crack is like good atmosphere, good fun, good company. We used to go up to bars in the in New York and being like, "Sure, what's the crack like inside?" Yeah, we're like. There's not fucking shit in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bar in Brooklyn that opened recently, owned by Alex's friend, that is called yeah. The Crack now. Yeah. Oh, no uh, way, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Williamsburg, yeah. Mm. Uh, Shout out to Stefan at The Crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it was um, the industry. So, like, you'd mm. have, obviously, your friends that you worked with, that you'd hang out with, and that you'd kind of party after your shift with. But then, like, the people that worked on the other bars down the road and you just kind of have this, you know, even going to each other's bars on your break or, like, on your days off and kind of hanging out after work. And, yeah, it was that kind of the other, the industry of other bar workers that you kind of got to know and hung with. I think that was always the most fun aspect of it. Yeah. And the friends that you made, like, some of my friends 15 years later are from that, like, that bar in Barcelona that I first worked in when I was 18. Like we still go on holidays together, we still meet up, like we know each other's kids and stuff and you know what I mean? Like they're still my my best friends to this day, so I'd say that that's probably the best element of it. Yeah. Cool. I'd say also actually when you're saying the industry, like the level of um, the level of interest in the industry, like I left New York being like, oh, I fucking love hospitality, love bars, love restaurants, like Everyone who works in a bar or restaurant in New York or in Dublin knows everything that's going on in every other bar or restaurant in New York. Like, I meet like you know, I have a lot of friends now who have never worked in hospitality, but like, how do you know, you know, so much about you know the food that's going on or this chef or you know this bartender is working in this bar? It's like again, it's it's the industry. It's like you get to know it and you get to like like one of my favorite things in the world. Obviously, is like you know going out and dining out and everything else. Like just to have that kind of like. Inside, inside information on it is great and I don't think you, like you never lose your interest in that 
Well, uh, we already had the best pint of Guinness, so we've been told. <laughs> now we had the Kehoe's. That was supposedly the best pint what of Guinness. What did you call it, Kehoe's? It's Kyo's. Oh, so uh, proper pronunciation. Keyhose. Uh, Keyhose. Ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Key, I got my keyhole. Key, Keyhose or that something might, else. That, <laughs> might be, that might be my fault. They're, That's what they're, I told they're, them. they're a different breed altogether. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, what makes it the best pint? What makes the best pint? Oh, you'll have to answer. You're walk. a Guinness drinker. Like, I'm not a Guinness drinker. The best pint of Guinness. There's a trick, isn't there, with a coin? My dad would always do like that with the coin, and then if it echoed a certain way, then you knew it was a good pint. Oh, so, I've never heard that one. He'd take a coin at the bottom and he'd be like, and then he'd be like, oh, that's a crap Guinness, that's shite, like that's not worth the glass it's poured in or whatever, and then, or if it's yeah. a good one, he'd be like, oh, I'm in for a good one here. <laughs> but yeah, so, I, I don't drink Guinness. Well, yeah, <laughs> I love that. But we, we were like brought up learning because obviously Guinness is like it's like a cultural staple in Dublin like Guinness you said like employ half the city they were the first per the first company to bring in employees right so like everyone from Dublin has a member in the family and their heritage that worked for the Guinness family uh -huh. uh, and that's why it's such a big thing but I think we always thought is um, Guinness for the bubbles doesn't use um, carbon dioxide or carbonation whatever it uses nitrogen but unfortunately, that's why Guinness doesn't travel well. Because you know when you when you drink Guinness and like everyone's like, oh, why isn't Guinness the same when it travels? Uh -huh. You know that real kind of tangy metallic taste uh -huh. that you get off of Guinness in like Spain or in the US or whatever else. You're looking for a pint of Guinness that doesn't have that metallic taste um, and has the same consistency all the way through. Like the head doesn't start going foamy and shit. So one way to say it is like, and like the Guinness we're drinking now is not sticking to the side of the glass. It's not a great, like, yeah, it's it, not. unfortunately it's not a great point <laughs> to get out. You want to see, after every sup, you want to see the, like, the ring where the, the head was oh, yeah. all the way down the glass. If it's yeah. sticking to the glass, it means the nitrogen levels are right. The pipes have been cleaned. But um, also, it needs to be a busy place that sells a lot of Guinness. Because if you're not yeah. selling a lot of Guinness, it's sitting in the pipes for a long time. Yeah, we've heard that. So too, it's yeah. not, it's not, um, it's not going to be as nice. Whereas if you're in a place that's known for good Guinness, they're going to sell a lot of Guinness. Yeah. It's going to be fresher. It's going to, like this place we're in now, it's kind of a quiet place. It's a whiskey bar. They probably sell way more whiskey than they do pints. It's uh -huh. probably why it might might have been sitting there in the pipes yeah. a little bit longer. But like, there's, it's funny that you say that about like it's uh, kind of like an, an Irish institution, really, like Guinness. But there was um, in London, there's there's a famous Instagram page, and it's it's called like Shit Guinness of London, and basically, <laughs> yeah, absolutely epic. And basically, Irish people that live in London would take pictures of like really terribly poured pints, and they just went viral. Like, and then it got to the point where bartenders in pubs in London would see people taking a, they'd be like, please don't put that on shit, shit pints of Guinness in London. Like, please don't, please don't tell me you're taking a pint. And, Cause it would destroy the bars, it would go viral. Like, yeah. so it just became a really good thing. I think it probably did a lot of bars in London a favor because yeah, they probably. started up in their game a lot with the, the Guinness game, you know? But yeah, it definitely well, is an institution. Yeah, and I think that like, when I was living in New York, there was like, I knew of three good pubs and like within like the Irish community in New York and the X-Packs and all the bar, the bar, cause like, like all of the bars in the financial district, like you know Stone Street and like the like Higgins Labs where you're working with, they're all owned by like like the 15 good Irish bars are in the financial district of the four, uh, 14th Street are owned by the same three fucking Irish yeah, guys. Yeah. But even they would say there's only three pubs in New York City that have a good point to Guinness. Well, One of them was is the Jew Drip or something or the, uh, the Swift. Okay. Uh, which I think is closed now. 
No, and Swift is still open. I was, I think I was just there. Oh, it's really? Yeah. It's got like a bar right next to it now that they, they share a kitchen, I think. Yeah. But I think they maybe they just reopened it. Oh, right. It okay. Yeah. But I think it was Swift Udyssey's and like Trading Post was considered like pretty good at it. But like, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of it is because of the nitrogen, it doesn't travel. As I said, um, the lines that come from the keg to the top. Like I worked in it. I worked in pub out in Hope before and they had a 15 point line. Yeah. There's 15, like, as in, like, their their keg room was, like, half a fucking mile away. <laughs> so, like, there's 15 points sitting in those PVC oh, lines. Yeah. So, like, awesome. so, yeah. to Katie's point, if it's not a busy pub for Guinness, yeah. Yeah. that's just been sitting Horrible. there for 24 hours in PVC. Yeah. It's not, like, it's not going to taste no, great. Right, right. Um, but, like, so, Guinness over in, in Ireland will send their engineers out, and Guinness engineers go to every pub in Ireland every second week and change out all the lines, make sure everything's running clear. It's like, they have a serious brand pride yeah, over yeah, yeah. it. Kind uh-huh. of like the same way where it's like- brand, you, It is a brand pride thing, it absolutely yeah. is. Like you know? if you buy a Ferrari and like you sign a contract that you're not allowed, if there's something wrong, or if you want to show some of the engine, you're not allowed to lift the bonnet on the side of the street because it looks bad for the brand to have a Ferrari at the side of the street with its, with its hood open. Uh, is that a real thing? No, that is a 100% a real thing, yeah. You cannot do it. And it's the same thing as Guinness in Ireland. It's like, if you want to serve Guinness in Ireland, you have to have their engineers come out every two weeks to fucking clean your lines and, wow. and do everything like that. Mm, well, it's supposed to be. I don't know if it actually happens because it's like, judging by this, it's... Uh... No, it's supposed, to, it's supposed <laughs> to adhere to the, the high standards that Guinness has. It's like what you're saying about it traveling badly because I know that um, another place that they sell a hell of a lot of Guinness is um, on the African continent, like in Kenya and stuff like that. They have their own factories there. Like they have their own factories in Africa. Like the biggest beer brewery in the world is the Guinness Brewery in Nigeria because it's supplies Africa and the Mediterranean. And they like if if they ship it for like a week down from Dublin. It's not going to taste the same, so they've ruined all it in Nigeria. They sell it in the Caribbean <laughs> as well, but they sell it in bottles and. Oh yeah, like that, that West Indies port, West the West Indies, Indies port, like yeah, it's the, the Guinness there. you get down in the Caribbean is strong. Oh, it's like yeah. these carbonated, but like, like have you ever had like a proper carbonated Guinness? It's like fizzy Guinness. Oh, it's fucking weird. <laughs> Mixed Coca Cola and Guinness. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Mad. they love it though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so and it's that thing of traveling. So they just they either open a factory or they change the way that they're serving it in a bottle or in a yeah. you know so. Um, yeah. One of the things, like, you guys both, you, you've both worked in very different, like, we have Dublin, we have New York, we have Barcelona. What is the difference between all these places working in bars? Like, how <laughs> uh, are people All different? of these standards that we're talking about, like, get them, scrunch them up in your hand and fling yeah. them out the window when it comes to Spain. Like, it's just like slopping uh, drinks at you. There's, especially when I, when I first went there, I was 18. So we're talking about 15 years ago, and it was very much just like, Backpackers, tourists, just kind of crap beer, just pumped out, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, cheap shots, and it's that kind of a bar, you know? So it's more, it was always more about uh, the quality of the bartender in terms of the atmosphere that they were bringing. So the atmosphere that you could bring to the bar to make sure that more backpackers would come in and they'd leave a good travel bar, like, um, travel recommendation. I had great fun in this place, but it was never really about the quality of the drinks or the quality of the food mm. even. Like, you're serving crap food, you're serving crap drinks, but everyone's getting drunk and having a good time. So there's none of that like high standard of bar service. And then I suppose one of the, I remember at one point we got in some like great mixologists that were, you know, like champions and had won awards and stuff. And they started trying to, you know, actually fix one of the bars up that I was working in, the, the Travel Bar Port one. 
in terms of like really good cocktails and training us all and a couple of the, the guys in there were training to do the flaring and stuff like that and it was a, that was a really fun time but it just didn't last like it's just a high traffic environment full of tourists that are coming in and out there's not really that local thing if it, is, it wasn't really appreciated if it is it's just your drunk friend uh, yeah. yeah and it'd be like oh god are you lot in here again like get out make space for the tourists it was that kind of yeah. mentality like a lot um so yeah that would be the big difference where you know i was in new york recently and you know what you're saying about here even the level of hospitality that's expected in ireland especially around temple bar and the, and the city center you just don't get that in spain it's just not it's not a matter of like um, pride the local salvation army of the hostel up there right has two beds available sorry, sorry, sorry. Had, we uh, actually have no chain in us yeah, yeah, you got to last with them yeah. So yeah, that would be the biggest difference yeah. for me. Like it's the it was the the level of kind of hospitality, really, to put it mm. bluntly. Just it wasn't there in Spain. Yeah, I, I think the difference I've seen is like between like my experience in Dublin, New York. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like in in New York, I saw specifically where we were working. Yeah. Like in trading posts, people expected a different level of hospitality. That was in, a nice spot. In, 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 in fiddlesticks. Not so much. <laughs> you, can, you can spit in their face and they thank you for it and just be like, at least we're in here where everything's yeah. metal. Yeah. Um, See, fiddlesticks sounds a bit more like kind of trouble. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff, sticky floors, you know, like we'd have a lot of Erasmus American students that would come over. You know, obviously they're 18, they can't drink at home, so they would just be like out with yeah, boxes, you yeah. know. Donde esta el baño, por favor? And then like, you know, practicing their Spanish, next thing they're puking their ring up in the toilet and we're like, ah, you yeah. know, you guys know. Um, that kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what you were dealing with on a day in, day out, basically. Yeah. I think there's, there's, there's more similarities and differences that I've seen. Um, Between New York and Dublin? Yeah, well, similarities being, like, I suppose in trading bus, it was, it was run by a lot of Irish lads who, you know, trained up over here. Yeah. Um, and the similarities were, you know, there was respect towards the bar staff. There was like, oh, when you can, can you do this? Never. You, you still get the fucking bad apples. Like, I just have like, like, trading posts near Wall Street. Yeah. I still have like these like six-year-old men who are like big fucking like Wall Street bankers yeah. come in and being like, cut my steak for me. And you're like, <laughs> I'm a fucking bartender. <laughs> what Fuck off. You're a sixty-year-old man. Cop yeah. yourself on there. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, and like down and like around like the financial district and everything, and like the the Irish on bars, there was a huge respect for the people that were serving them, which you'd find over here. Like if you disrespect someone who works in hospitality in Dublin, you're an ass. You're you are blacklisted person. from not only that bar but all the other bars that like they, like you're blacklisted. Yeah, we do not tolerate people uh, being disrespectful to hospitality staff. Whereas when I worked in Fiddlesticks, <laughs> <laughs> that's another fucking story, yeah, you know. Have yeah, yeah. uh, you ever been black? But, 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 but like, I'm sure like this is the bars I've worked in. I'm sure there's bars in Dublin where there's a lot of drunk 21 year olds, like cottage fucking bros going in yeah. and disrespecting people over here. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. when you were younger, have you ever been blacklisted anywhere? I've never been blacklisted anywhere, but I like I grew up like, like I grew up in. Go uh, away, John. Uh, Look uh, at the way well, you know, I've never been blacklisted. No, 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 no. Was yeah, I blacklisted he, somewhere? No, he, asked that on, he asked you no. that on purpose because he's going to ask no. you next. Well, like, well, like I, I, I grew up in idea. a family culture that respects the service. Like, my, there's a bar in Holt called the Abbey Tavern. My father was a bartender. Yeah. My mother was a waitress, and that's where they met. 
Ah, so it's like we've always been yeah. bartenders and waiters. Every yeah. person in my family has worked in hospitality. Yeah. So we've always kept out. It's like, like we're the kind of people that if we're sitting down at a dinner table or at a bar and someone is rude to the people serving us, we will fucking get up and leave and ask them to come outside and tell them off. I mean, like, we, we will not sit at a fucking table with you if you do that. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Because right. it's just like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Like, yeah. How about you, Katie? Have you ever uh, been blacklisted from a bar? Do you mean have I ever been barred from anywhere? Yeah. you ever been just, like, not allowed in a bar? Yes. Loads <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been barred from a few bars. I, or I've been, like, I, one of the big things would be, especially like in Barcelona, look, it's crazy, you're over there, you're 18, there's a big expat community, people are wild, and you'd be asked to leave, but you know, you, you knew them, they'd be like, go home, you're drunk, you're being an idiot, you can come back for just another day, <laughs> you know what I mean? There'd be a lot of that, but yeah, like, uh, so the reason you're asking me this is because there was, there was a bar we went to last night, and uh, Oh, last night. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't get barred from anywhere. So uh, I was like, oh, I can't go there. Because I had a run-in with the head doorman years ago, and he's just like, it's a grudge that he has against me, so he's just never let me in. Our, and then Irish like, doorman, hold up. Oh, my they God. They will remember your this face guy. for 20 fucking years. <laughs> it has, it has and you been, come back up yeah, and they'll be like, nah, mate, remember that time 20 years ago? Not yeah. getting in here. Exactly. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened with this guy, right? And John's like, what did you do? I'm like, I honestly didn't do anything wrong. But because I didn't do anything wrong and I was arguing my case and he wasn't listening, I may have, you know, called him something that hit a nerve. It's a very short man and I may have said that he had short man syndrome um, because he was being an ass. So he barred me like seven years ago and just would never let me back in. And it's unfortunate because it's a place that all my friends go to. So last night I'm like, oh, it's so annoying that we can't go there. And then someone was like, oh, that dude moved to England. And I was like, yes! You were like, yes! So yeah, it was great. So I, I doubly enjoyed going there last night because yeah. it was like, yes, I can finally come in. You but walked also, in. You walked in so careful, still. Yeah, you, like, I was still around. like, is he? Is he definitely? Is he definitely? Like, yeah. Like a scared puppy. I mean, there was times that I walked in there and I was like, okay, he doesn't seem like he's around. And like, I'd be just walking to the bar. I'd be like, yes. And the next thing, I'd like feel this hand on my shoulder, and I'd be like, out. Like, oh. But it's, yeah. it's, it's a funny thing. It was like, like. Who are you better pissing off in Dublin? Like the like the, the doorman or the bartender? Like there's a lot of like, all right. Since the pandemic, there's a lot of like most of the pubs in Dublin have you know greener staff coming in. Yeah, but there's still like like we're in Kells earlier on like that baldy fellow works in Kells. Like they're unionized bartenders. He was like, there yeah. last yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Like, like four three, years ago. But yeah, so like if you piss them off, yeah, you're, you're the, even if you get in the door, you never get served. But if yeah. you piss the doorman off. You're not going to get into Brisbane, so yeah, like, yeah. lesson learned is, is like, if any listeners are coming to Dublin, just, yeah, be yourself. Yeah. 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 Behave yourself. Yeah. Which is funny, because I don't know how we get The tips go a long way as well, especially when you're at, like, a packed bar. Like, when you do tip somebody, like, they'll remember you, and when you come back, they'll, oh, yeah, they'll give the nod, and they'll serve you first, you know, it does go a long way. What's here. the advice on tipping? Because that's, that's one of the things that is something that, as Americans, we... Just, I think we fuck up a we lot lo- when we travel. Uh, well, you could look at it that way, but I kind of see it as like, you know, most people don't tip or don't tip that well here, but like the staff get paid abysmally. And also like you guys are really loud and annoying. So the tipping kind of like balances it back out. It's like, oh, Americans. But you know what? I'm going to make some tips tonight. So I don't know. If you, want, yeah. if you want to do right by an Irish standard, 
you know, every if you're getting a big round, like four or five drinks, yeah, leave a euro or two, yeah, yeah. and that's it. Or, you know, on the way out, you know, sitting with fiver. Um, if you're sitting down for like a meal and you have a dinner, then it, it's usually just like, yeah. I think a lot of Irish people wouldn't tip a full 20%. No, no, like definitely not. And 10 it's like to 15% 20 at least. to 30 in New York, wasn't it? It was like, it was yeah. 20% in New York. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, tipping, the tipping yeah. over here is less, but the hourly, like we were working trading posts, like we were in a good job because they're paying us $5 an hour. You know, yeah, they were. Yeah. Right. We I were think the actually min- minimum wage, wage over here for a bartender is like ten. But twelve. I think it's twelve mm, now. Is there I don't know, but I think it was like ten eighty or something, and they're putting it up. Yeah. But most bartenders would be on like eleven or twelve euros an hour, and then more if they're like good and if they've been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. I know bartenders that have been on like sixteen euros an hour, seventeen euros an hour, but they're really good bartenders that yeah. the bar doesn't want to lose. Especially now, because after the pandemic, yeah, no one's here. So many good also, if there's any American bartenders that want to come over and get a good job, <laughs> come over to Dublin. If you're seasoned, they will, like, if you're seasoned with, like, five or six years experience, they won't even do the early thing. They'll put you straight on a fucking salary, like, fucking 40, 50 grand a year and fucking... But I, okay, I'm coming back to that. <laughs> Wait, no, let's do that first. <laughs> yeah. I've oh, never yeah. seen an American bartender, and no. I... Like it's very yeah, rare. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Alex, you're saying yeah. uh, you're saying earlier on. Apparently, it's, it's actually quite hard to get a, a visa for it. It's really hard. Um, it's, it's actually really hard because you need to kind of go in with a company that's going to sponsor you eventually, or you need to come here to do like a degree or a master's degree, yeah. and then you can do it that way. You can stay for a couple of years after a master's degree, but you can only work twenty hours a week when you're doing the degree. You know, you got to pay a Dublin rent, like. And then afterwards, you got two years. What are you going to do? Go work in a bar, or are you going to use a master's degree that you just paid like yeah. fifteen grand for just to be able to work here for two years? So yeah. you're going to go and work in an office. Yeah. And There's no option of just <coughs> coming here to work. Like not a degree, just like like a, yeah. We have no, like a reverse visas. J1. Yeah, right? exactly. well, yeah. if you're if like, I mean if you're from the EU, if you're from France yeah, right. or Spain yeah, or anywhere, yeah. then it's like no bother, just come across. Um, but from the US, yeah, I suppose yeah, it's indeed. yeah. Just do what the English do and get Irish passports. Find that granny that you guys always talk about. Hey, we are twenty five percent. have been trying to do that for a long time. Well, with Brexit, they've done it. Like, like the amount of English people are in there. Like, they have a granny, so they got an Irish passport. You know. So, yeah. I mean, I've had one my whole life. I was, I've never not had one, but um, yeah, the amount of people after Brexit that just found that grandmother or that grandfather. Yeah. And, and then Stay. that's how they're still able to travel and work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, see, then we get made fun of them. We're like, oh, yeah, we're Irish. Like, you're not Irish. Like, well, we want to be. We would like yeah. to be somewhere closer if we get an Irish passport. That's all yeah. we're looking for. The thing is, right, when I moved to the States, and like the same, like a lot of my mates moved to the UK, and automatically the thing is, like, we've gone all, like, through all the shit on this island and everything else, and you, you go away, and it's like, oh, we're Irish, and the media. A lot, for a lot of my friends and for, and hands up for me included at the start it was like you know moved over to the states and was like oh we're irish and it's like oh yeah like who's our president you have an irish passport it's like you're not really irish mm. you know what i mean and then within a year of in the states I felt like i realized that i was being a fucking asshole <laughs> because i've never moved somewhere else where people from ireland like the diaspora have moved over and they have so much effort in keeping the Irish culture alive over there, and I was like, I like I went over being like, oh, they're really Irish. Like I grew up in Ireland, never and was like, these people are talking to me with American accents, saying they're Irish, they're moving to Ireland, and then by the end of it, I was like, I'm so fucking happy and proud that people have come over and are holding on to our culture so strongly. 
in a country that's almost half the fucking world away. You know, so those perspectives change very quickly, but I'm glad I fucking did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alex, do you know what time it is? What time is it, John? Well, unfortunately, it's time for a good old-fashioned bathroom break. So we'll be right back after these messages from maybe Alex and maybe our sponsor. So here's the deal. I still love Austin Eastsiders, but we haven't been in contact with them for a while. However, I have been talking to my new friend Jim over at Screwball Whiskey. I don't know if you guys have tried Screwball Whiskey, but it is the perfect peanut butter whiskey. This one goes out to you, Jim. Make sure to try some Screwball Whiskey, because it is delightful. Mix it with jelly, put it on your turkey. And we are back. I have, so I have a question. So when we talk to some of the older bartenders, who worked at uh, pubs or owned pubs, they were talking about how the older generation still go to a pub early in the morning or in the evening. And Early it's like boss. a social, well, it's a social aspect, right? Like they're, they're not going to get the public drunk. house. Yeah, they're just going to have a pint and talk to their friends or mm. like see their their friends. Get out of the house. Right, yeah. So like, but then we asked like, so do you see that? Like, it, you don't see that in like younger generations, right? He's like, no, no of course not, but, and so. The younger like, but, generations are um, the, 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 they're drinking less alcohol than any generation before them. So the young people coming up are just not right. binge drinking at the level that like even kind of our generation were, you know? Right. More of yeah. them don't drink at all. Uh, more of them don't smoke at all. Um, they're, they're, even the ones that do drink, they're just consuming a lot less alcohol. Whether that's because they're more health conscious or, or whatever, or whether it's because life's so bloody expensive now. I don't know, but like yeah. that's a big thing that's kind of being talked right. about at the moment. Yeah. It's like, you know, the young people are not drinking at the same kind of levels, drinking as much alcohol when they go out. They might go out to a concert, maybe they'll have like one or two. Yeah. Like I notice it because like I have friends that are younger and like they'll literally have one drink and I'm like, yeah, another one? We get another one? Oh, uh, uh, no. Yeah, we gotta, go, to, what's wrong we, we, we gotta go to the gym in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off, it's like, Friday. Oh no, I had one. That's enough like, for me. Like, oh. well, I've 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 heard that like it's been like that for a long time, especially with like Gen Z, Gen, uh, Gen Z, Gen Z, yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. But um, but apparently that's turning around now, and because all the Gen Z are going like coming out of college, going to better jobs, and they have like a fuck ton of expendable income. Apparently mm. now they're all going down, and was like yeah. they are drinking this. You know, we go out and we'll drink like 15 pints. Yeah, they're yeah. only going, they're drinking 10, drink, like they're, they're drinking yeah. like 10 fucking martinis though. Yeah. Like they're like- Maybe, I don't so know. So they're drinking less and they're coming out, they're coming out now and just like drinking more expensive drinks, yeah. which is great. Possibly, Cause over yeah. in the US, it means the fucking tips go up. Right. Really? Yeah. Do you think so like, not drinking a lot, but like, do you think you ever see yourself going to a pub every morning at 11 no. a.m. to hang out oh, with people? Fuck no, no. We, we would, be, if, if any of us did that, it'd be like, she has an issue, like more so than the one we already thought she had. She has a real issue now. Like, what if it was? Is brunch a thing? I, I, what about brunch? I, 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 oh, well, I, but, brunch I, is an exception. Brunch right, is, no, a, brunch is a Saturday day. thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. Brunch is like a Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what brunch about? What about? If you have no plans. Saturday brunch, brunch. So a pub is just, no longer a social place anymore to like talk. It's a place to go. And well, not at eleven in the morning. No, no. Over over here, like like a pub was like I like I regularly meet lads over here maybe on a wednesday or a thursday night yeah. just to break up the week of work up then and it's like we go and talk but like 
we'd have two or three points to be home in bed by 11. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's well, just not like... Not at 11 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, 11 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, but it's, I think it, that it, the it older instilled. generation rurally uh, would definitely have been, you know, like they would be in the pub every single day. That's their only time that they get out of the house. They, they live rurally. Right. They... It's a very Irish thing, isn't it? The rural pub, and yeah. he has his, the, the man has his place in the pub, and his seat, and or his place at the bar, and there's the fellas either side of him, and yeah. they're up there, and they have their few pints of Guinness, yeah. the same amount probably every night, and yeah. that's yeah. definitely still there, but it's the last generation of it that's right. Yeah, there that's, now. That's what he was know? saying. That's yeah. dying. So yeah. when you go to a like a pub with your friends, just hang out and drink, do you talk to strangers? That's the thing. Yes, I, I anymore. Think, I really miss it. I yeah, love talking yeah. to strangers. So the thing I miss about the States in New York is you go you go to a pub, like you go to a bar and like you could talk to anyone. I feel like in Dublin especially, very cra- cra- like very, very clicky, clicky, very closed off. Like if like if you're sitting around with a lot of your friends and someone comes up and tries to chat to you, you're like, go away. Who you. the fuck is this random or like yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas I miss that from the States where you can go, like I used to, we used to go drinking in the old spot in Williamsburg and they had this like old school terrace out back. It was like, it was just like a fucking concrete tiled garden. Mm-hmm. But I loved it because every time you go there, you go with two or three people and this terrace could fit maybe 20 people. And every time you went there, by the end of the night, you'd be talking to all 20 people and mm-hmm. be one big group. Yeah. That doesn't really happen over here. I loved that about New York as well. Yeah. I absolutely loved that about New York. Just how easy it was to meet new people make new friends everyone's like yeah what's your instagram and da, da, da. you know what i mean and yeah. it was just buzzing and i think like we're losing that big time everyone's always talking about like how friendly the irish people are and and like they are like we are really really super friendly but it's like super friendly when you first meet but then after that it's like i have my friends from school i have my friends from uni i have my friends from work and if you're not in one of those like already defined groups, you're not coming in. Like yeah. you're not coming in, and and that's really tough when you move here. Because like I've lived in so many different countries. I've lived in Ireland most of my life, but I've lived in Spain. I've lived in London. I've lived in like south of Spain, like Barcelona, different countries, different cities around the world. And you know, you come back. Then I've been here eight years, and like still very hard to penetrate any kind yeah. of group of people you know yeah um apart from just kind of degenerate type people that just like love like pop people basically <laughs> apart from pop people like it's really hard to so i think that's a an issue and the apps and stuff like that as well like everyone's looking down at their phone um instead of actually like meeting yeah. people there's a few pubs in dublin right that i love because they're great for they're still great for meeting people donahue's is one on Baggett Street. Yeah. You go to Donahue's on a Friday night after work. I used to I used to work just off Baggett Street. Um, that was a soul destroying job as a recruiter. But um, <laughs> on a Friday, you definitely wanted to go to the pub. And uh, Donahue's was just brilliant for that. You'd go in, you'd sit down, you'd turn to the side, and whoever was, you know, sharing that long table, you'd get chatting to them. It's a yeah. great yeah. mingling pub. Cool. Um, <laughs> and what was the other? There was another bar the other day, and I was saying it was a really good mingling pub. I don't know. That we were. Um, you know where I've noticed that people mingle the most here? The smoking area. Nope. I don't. You might not have experienced. I don't know if you experienced this, but you go into a men's bathroom. The jacks. <laughs> you go into a men's bathroom. You're, you're taking a piss. You're taking a piss. It's like a trough in the fucking floor. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're standing there, and someone's like, "How are you? You having a good time?" Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." Where are you from? 
Oh. Yeah, cool. I have a cousin over in New York, uh, and you're standing there with your dick in your hands. Well, we we have that in the girls' bathroom, but I think that's an Irish thing. I think that's a universal thing, at least like in the United States. In the States, you just nod at each other. You don't talk. In the girls' toilets, like here, um, it's like, oh my God, like you'd be like, this has happened so many times, like in bathrooms. Girls just end up talking relationship advice. Oh my god, I love your dress. Oh my god, where'd you get? Have you got lipstick, babes? Have you got any? Have you got any bronzer? Yeah, sure. Oh my god, yeah. you look amazing. No, why do, are you upset? Do oh, my, not my text boyfriend's him. being an asshole. What did he fucking do? Do not text him back, babes. Do not text him back. Oh, there's the girls crying and all the strangers are coming in and they're like, you know, like bringing up hair off her face. Like, like that's massive here in the girls' toilets. Yeah. Like, and I remember in the pandemic, a lot of people were just like, oh, I really miss the girls from the bathroom, you know, the ones I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the ones I don't know. And I just go to the pub yet. for the bathroom talk, really. Yeah. <laughs> I really miss those women I haven't met yet in the bathroom. Like, they're, they're, they're awesome. I kind of have like a jump off to a different, like going back. So working in Barcelona, just so people know, for anyone who travels, and I know a lot of people, this is a weird sentence. What is it like tipping in Barcelona? Oh, <laughs> abysmal. <laughs> Please, back then, a pack of cigarettes used to cost like €2.20 or something. Now they're around like 5 or something. Uh, but back then, we it would be a good night if you made enough to buy a pack of cigarettes with your tips. Oh, it was so bad. Like it was, and it still is really bad. I think we've got better at tipping here. Would you agree with that, Killian? I think we've got better. We got better. Like I think, like like. I'd with never the rest go for a meal without tipping now here. I like I'd always leave a tip for a within, meal. Within within Europe, I think Ireland like is probably the best at tipping. Out. Is that because of the back and forth between places like New York and Ireland? And yeah, you get that but, but, maybe but also respect for hospitality, like you were saying a bit more. Respect for hospitality. Well. I think we're the closest. Like of all the countries in Europe, Ireland is closest to America. Both, High runnings. Both geographically well. and kind of in state of mind. Um, you know, like obviously a lot of people from Ireland have gone to America and come back. Yeah. And everything. So I think we have a very similar culture towards hospitality. And, and we, uh, make, we make more money here than the mainland European countries do. You know, like the wages are much higher in Ireland than they are in Spain. But we kind of understand that like hospitality workers' wages are low tips aren't like a really big part of that so i think we're a bit better than uh, we're still shit but we're better than spain portugal france yeah. oh my god um but like even yeah. even like as bartenders and like waiters over here like americans in americans come in it's like okay we're gonna get a tip yeah. irish, irish people come in depending on the people they are you might get a tip uh, French, Spanish, Italians, Germans Nothing. come in. No, they'll be like, give that five cents back. The pipe was nada, yeah, yeah. nada, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah. I also like, you know, the way you'd when you're working behind a bar, you'd often get like a few drinks bought for you, stuff like that. Or like buy one there for yourself as well, and you just kind of tap it onto the back of the bar, write it down whatever. Like no one's doing that for you in Spain. Like no one's doing no. that. The only place you get that is in say for example there's a brilliant bar in barcelona called penny bangers it's around by some irish friends of mine penny bangers penny bangers great name is that banger for a penny yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great bar in barcelona but like they would be very much of that mindset and like because it's a lot of like local expats and regulars that go there they would like they're it's the expat tips. bars that, exactly that, that but they're also yeah, yeah. kind of like a bit more old school they're not like you know people that just moved to barcelona like on erasmus yeah. they're like People that lived there for 10 years or 15 years or five years or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, they'd tip the bar staff really like fairly well and they'd buy people drinks that were working behind the bar. And yeah. 
Plus, over in Barcelona, like at a bar like that, you're getting a pint for what, like three, four uh, quid? Actually, no, like a, an actual pint is about five euros in Barcelona. Oh, no way, yeah, really? Yeah, but we drink canyas, which are kind of like three quarters of a pint, nearly, or, or yeah, two, yeah, about two thirds of a pint. Yeah. Not quite, a little bit bigger than a half. Yeah. And one of those would set you back going, about is three euros. Yeah. About three yeah. euros for one of those. So most people drink them. Could we? Are you taking orders? Yeah, I'm bored of shit. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I'll have a Guinness. Yeah, I'll have a Guinness. Yeah, I'm still good, thank you. I'll have a tea, um, what did I get? Was it? You got a more Jew. Tell more Jew with um, lime and ginger ale. Yeah, myself. Have another Guinness. I'll back out. Thank you, cheers. There was no one in the bathroom, by the way, so that didn't work. You didn't have any talk. The experience did not work out. <laughs> yeah. I also love that we're, we're just shitting on the Guinness here. And we're all like, yeah, we're going to get a Guinness. Yeah, we'll get more Guinness. Yeah. Well, if you guys drink it, then the wine will clear. That's the theory. It's our responsibility. You keep saying this word Erasmus. Yes. Oh, okay. So Erasmus is um, something that... So if you do a degree in Ireland, uh, or most European countries, anywhere in the EU really, um, you can do, take one year of your degree in another European country, um, or you can actually take it in America or in Canada. So they have Erasmus programs. So there's, for example, I know that the between DCU the and I think it's Illinois, University of Illinois, yeah. there's an Erasmus program. So that means that Americans from that university can do a year in Ireland and vice versa yeah so like there's a universities in Barcelona that would have American students come over so maybe they're studying business in Spanish and one year of their program would be a year in Barcelona to also like you know improve their Spanish and they would still do classes and stuff but they'd have a lot less classes which means a lot more time for boozing that year and they're just you mean studying the culture right? yeah, yeah. 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 But like so my, my missus did we were cleaning her, um, up their culture from the bathroom my missus did her Erasmus over her third year in North Carolina <laughs> uh, I can't remember there's like a big college in North Carolina it's like Ivy but anyway she it's funny because you spend like Irish tuition fees so like four grand a year uh, and you get an Erasmus to American college so you go to an Ivy League college for four grand a year yeah, <laughs> three grand a year while we're on that too can one of you guys explain what a J1 is because I, I think oh, that is a yeah, fascinating yeah. thing J1 oh J1s because I've met yeah. J1ers in New York and they are having the time of their Best fucking time. life yeah. J1... there's about 10 of them or 15 of them living in like one room as well yeah. like, that's what they do a J1 visa is basically come over like while you're in college come over for one of the summers that you're off and work in the United States uh, and you need to get sponsored for a job, but it, like the job you need to get sponsored for is n very rarely associated with the subject that you're yeah, studying. Yeah, yeah. Most it's of us is like, I'm gonna go. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. yeah. My brother did it, and he did a like a club promotion. He actually had got a nice little one. It was like club promotion, so getting like groups of like decent, good-looking girls to kind of go into the clubs and be in the VIP areas and guest lists and stuff like that. So that was quite good, um, but some people just worked free, shitty yeah. bar jobs. Bar and, job, yeah. yeah. Bartender, server. But like crap money. And, yeah. 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 So wait, it has time. to be during your schooling that you do that? Yeah. Or? It has been, to be during, during college. Yeah. It's on one of the summers that kind of tax around, isn't it? Like you can do it on your last summer. Yeah. Like after you do final year, you can still yeah. do it like okay. that summer or final okay. year. 
Well, you said J1, and then you said P1 before. What's P1? P1 is a performance visa. Okay. Can uh, you get more time as a P1? Um, you still have to... Sorry, sorry. Um, it, it's, it's still renew every year and you have to show that you've been playing shows every year and that you've been earning an income through music. Here at the buyback, one of the things we want to do is talk about bar etiquette. So here is our bar rule. Bar rule. You started to tell us a little bit about like your pet peeves and you said they're different in every city. Yeah. So like what are your pet, like when you're working at a bar, when you're in a bar between staff or even customers or whatever, what are your big pet peeves? All right, so <laughs> I can... It's gonna be very different as a woman to as a man, but yeah, let's go. I, I, have, <laughs> I have no doubt. Um, my pet peeves are very different in the two cities. Um, actually, kind of similar, actually, now that I think about it. So my pet peeve in New York was uh, people coming up and like, especially in like trading posts we were working or visiting with like, a trading post was like, you know, a lot of guys coming down from like, banking investment jobs from Wall Street and they just had this fucking expectation you know that they deserved everything and if you took two minutes it was like hey buddy hey buddy come over here where's my fucking drink and like or like not saying please or yeah. this is like no man it's like this is like yeah you know give me a vodka martini and you know over here it's different over here I think the big pest peeves are efficiency so like <laughs> There's rules in a bar in Ireland. If you're say if you're ordering a big round mm -hmm. and you're ordering a lot of beers with That's Guinness the same in it, thing. Yep. Yep. but like yeah, if you're ordering a lot of beers, Guinness included and shorts, you Guinness takes the longest obviously because right. three part pour. Right. You order Guinness first, then you order the rest of the beers, then you order shorts. So they can put the Guinness on, they can put the beers on, and then they can get out the shorts, and everything goes at the same time. What's a shorts? Uh, a shorts is like, is like a spirits. Like a, a, a vodka, a coke, or a gin and yeah, tonic, or whatever. Yeah, okay. So, but you come up with the whole order at the same time, yeah. and that is the rule. You don't turn around and be like, and like, it's a big thing with like obviously in Dublin we get like a lot of like English stags and English customers hens, coming over hens, and, hens, and, hens. and but they all come up and be like, can I get uh, <laughs> can I get a Heineken? Yeah, and come back with a Heineken and they turn around. It's, you know it's coming because it's a group of fucking twelve, <laughs> and there's only been one drink order. It's like. And um, then can I get a, a gin and tonic? You come back with gin and tonic and you're like, and it was like, mate, are you gonna like order for the whole group? Cause the bar is three deep. <laughs> like, can we, yeah. can we speed this? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no need to be rude, mate. No need to be rude. Like, well, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Like, you're Irish, aren't you? You can serve. Oh, fuck off. Get the fuck out. Get the, just let you back onto the fucking island. Don't be pulling that shit. Like, but yeah, so what they like would do? Real experience for you. <laughs> but they will turn around and twelve of them, and they will order one drink at a fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. like the Irish way and like the gospel in Ireland is twelve drinks at <laughs> one. Gonna have two pints of Guinness, uh, three Heineken, uh, Jamie Ginger, and four gin and tonics, please. Grand. And then a good Irish bartender will take that order, start pouring the Guinness, start yeah, doing yeah. it. Halfway through that order, you can get on to the next person. What's your order? You can yeah. take their six drinks, finish off the twelve drinks. Halfway through the six, you take the next person's order and get that, and that's yeah. that's you the way see it works. And a good that. Irish bartender yeah. won't have to hit the till; they'll know yeah. the the lump sum of every fucking order coming in. Oh, like Jesus. it's this is what my dad taught me because my yeah. dad was like a bartender for years, and yeah. he was like, 
oh no, if you're good, you can take three big orders at a time and you yeah. know exactly what everyone else. That's like, that's like, that stresses, that, I'm, I'm, I'm not a great that's bartender, like that stresses me out. What you said before, what you said before, American bartenders in Dublin versus saying otherwise, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's entirely it. You see many Irish bartenders in Dublin. Doing that. Because they're so good. Yeah. 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 I have to do that. Like, I, I remember like even being in bars here in Temple Bar because I had friends working in Temple Bar. So I'd be in there as a punter on the wrong side of the bar, but I just seen these lads like, whoa, like this is another level, like, yeah. because the bars I worked at, yeah, they'd be busy, but you wouldn't be getting those big orders, like you said, like, like we yeah. have Guinness in the bars I worked in, in in Barcelona or in Alicante, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, you just see that, like, that quick fire and taking multiple orders That's at one crazy. time, and then because you get used to that as well. When you go to so a bar and they're like... Sorry about I know you've been asked probably a million times this week. We've got no shame. Yeah, 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 we don't give it away. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're good. Have a good night. So yeah, you go, in, you go into a bar and when it's really slow and really bad here and you're just like... It's like someone's like scratching it's, the inside of your yeah. brain and then it's like, oh my God. Well, I think it's because it because we're you like we yeah. like we we worked in it. It was like yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, like since the pandemic, I was like, there's like you know a lot of people going behind there are not used to it. But before the pandemic, you know any of the bars we were in tonight, and they were like, what's your order? And you order six drinks like grand. They put the Guinness and the like the the longer taking drinks on. Before they even have your drinks ready, they're on to the next person, on to mm-hmm. the next person. Because the bars are three people deep. Yeah. The whole thing is get the orders in, get them out. Yeah. The quicker they come back. The more money we make, right. yeah. so it's yeah. like just fucking get them out. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, but like it's not it's not the more money the bartenders make, right? It's just the bar itself. Oh yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. So boss, like boss boss makes got, a dollar, I make yeah, a dollar. Yeah, right. But so if like, you can't, these like, awesome bartenders. You're kind of held accountable to what the flow is at the end of the night in a pub, though. Yeah, anyway, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, is there a kind of boss makes a dollar, I make a dollar. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you kind of if if you finish the night on a shift and like there was a really bad like total, you know doesn't look good you know what i mean and even though you're not getting anything really from it it's like you're making a percentage of the till but you know i yeah. remember being in a bar in barcelona recently actually the same um like a, a, one of the bars that we go to a lot and drinking a lot and the there's been loads of like friends and locals in there and you know they'd be giving up free shots but that's friends and blah blah, blah. and the lads were behind the bar and they were doing up the, t- the total just as we were kind of having last orders and, and one of them turned around and went listen this till tonight is shite. Everyone, throw some money in this till. You've all got free shots tonight. Yeah. And they're all our mates, and we were like, ah, oh, they're right, I suppose. And everyone just pulled out like 10s and 20s and threw it in because I suppose they're thinking, after the pandemic as well, so many bars struggled to stay open. They're behind the bar going, if this carries on, they might get rid of one of the staff in here, yeah. you know what I mean? Or they might only put like one person on tomorrow night, not two, you know what I mean? So yeah. they'd be kind of be going, geez, this is a really bad tale tonight. Like, this isn't good. And you're all in here getting free shots. Like, come on, cop up, cop yeah. up. And, uh, and like, they're not getting anything from the till and we're not getting anything yeah. from it. But you know, I suppose we do know the owners. So like, it kind of, you just go, yeah, ah, fair yeah. enough. So there'd be a bit of that, you know, you'd finish a shift and you'd, you'd want, You'd want the tail to be good so you could go, we had a really good night, we all worked really hard. Yeah. And we did well, you know? So it's so yeah. interesting because like in the States, you want like everyone gets cocky and you're like, no, I can handle the shift alone because I can make all the tips. But you're saying you want multiple people on a shift so people so you, are making money. Yeah, and yeah. so you're not like pulling your hair out yeah. and trying to manage like a Plus sinking ship. Tipping because... culture isn't the same. Like in a, in, a, in a good bar shift in the States, what are you walking with? Like a couple of hundred dollars in tips? A, gr- good places uh, uh, a, yeah. a great bar shift in Dublin City, like average. Fifty euro to yeah, eighty euro would 50 be to 80 really euro good. Yeah, fifty to eighty euro is like 
Really good. good. That's Temple Bar. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I had a really good looking friend, I was telling you last night, wasn't I? Stunning girl, like, you know, yeah. massive sorry, boobs, no. blonde hair, like. Sorry, no, sorry, no I don't, sorry. I had a friend that worked in Temple Bar, absolutely stunning girl. She was Spanish, she was mental, like crazy girl great personality and a huge boozer so she was like the perfect bar woman you know what i mean like she was the full package everyone loved her locals came in because she was there tourists came back because she was there yeah. and she would make around 80 a night and that was in the center of 80 is a fucking great that's night great, and, yeah, so yeah. that's like really good and like she was very she'd be handed kind of 20s 30s 50s from you know the odd american tourists and then she'd make her others on top some nights she'd come home at 100 she'd be delighted yeah. you know but normally you're talking 50 to 80, and that's for somebody very good, or very good looking, or both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. not really, you know, you're not getting rich off yeah. the tips anyway. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not. What about your pet peeves? Pet peeves, yeah, so as I was saying, they're a bit different as a woman. Obviously, getting hit on by customers, that would happen a lot. Uh, especially like the creepy old regular that just keeps coming in. <laughs> That you're like, oh, not this guy, but you and have to serve them. They think it's their God-given right to fucking hitting you because they yeah, come into the bar. Yeah, like, um, yeah, obviously, like, being physically touched when you're, like, trying to collect glasses, clear bars, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, just just generally existing as a woman, but it's kind of heightened because you're working in a bar. Uh, being told to smile when you're really busy. <sighs> oh, like, that was... Jeez. No one ever told my male colleagues to smile, like, when they're really... You're, you're busy and like I have kind of one of those faces like you know I'm very friendly when you get to talk to me especially from behind the bar and I get chatting to somebody but if it's busy and I'm concentrating like I'm probably not doing it with a huge big ear to ear you know what I mean I'm just focusing and it's like oh smile love you're like oh yeah. I didn't how about you get the fuck out <laughs> if, my job, if my job wasn't on the line you'd be wearing this pint glass <laughs> but uh yeah just those kind of things then I suppose the other thing would have been the Erasmus students when we were in Barcelona. They were super annoying. As I said, they couldn't drink because in your country you don't drink till 21. So this was their first time drinking. Um, we uh, The bar was called Travel Bar. It said it on the door. Every member of staff was like Irish, English, American, Australian, New Zealand, like English speaking, you know? Yeah. And they'd come in and want to practice their Spanish on us. And we'd be like, go away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for favor. Um, Tango una pregunta, and you're like, yeah, you just fucking ask me the question. Like, you, you, you've just wasted like 10 seconds of my time saying yeah. so you have a question. I don't care. Just ask the bloody question, you know? So, just little things like that would be really annoying. Um, and for me, the worst thing about working in bars was the cleanup at the end. I was always like, just hire cleaners. Um, that was the most annoying thing. I love bartending, but I hate, oh, yeah. I hate the cleanup at the end, especially when you're in kind of tourist bars because. It's a fucking get, mess. It's, it's, it's like messy, some of the yeah. things. I don't want to put you guys off your Guinness, but yeah, <laughs> it's they're not pretty. Yeah, but like one of the one of the other ones actually, which was like especially like working in trading posts and other places, like people just, just don't have fucking table etiquette. But mm. like when you were in your dining out, like you know the way there is like conscription somewhere so like Italy, um, fucking um, like a lot of countries still have like you know when you grow up you have to spend at least two years between 18 and 22 in the military yeah. Yeah. Israel Greece Israel Greece and everything else hospitality is such a big thing in Ireland and there's so many fucking assholes out here from privileged backgrounds that just don't know how to be respectful to the staff like I think we should put in 
conscription for hospitality in Ireland. Agreed. Where, like, even, like, during school, in, like, we, we have a thing called transition year, which is, like, your fourth year, which might be, like, I don't know, eighth grade or whatever, yeah. where you go out and work. Everyone should be made to work in a restaurant, <laughs> just so you know Same when you go out how to yeah. behave when you're fucking dining or right. drinking in a bar. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not the first person to say that. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's too. either it's either restaurants, uh, retail. retail, retail, like at a yeah. gas, or my, military. Like I, it, I did my time yeah. in retail as well. That was someone that picks was up a shirt old. after you folded it, and you're like. Great, sweet, and they look at the size and like, no, nah, not for me, and they just chuck it back on yeah, the pile. Not even on the same shelf, and like the other side of the shop. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was working in the Champion Sports years ago over Christmas. This I is when J- I was like seven years old. One woman came in, right, and she had a kid with her, and everything. She was obviously I don't know what she was obviously desperate, but the kid was looking around the shop, and then she came out of the dressing room really quickly and left. She'd taken a shit in the fucking dressing room. What? Jesus. What? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, was it her or was it child? Yeah, I mean, I hope it was No, a child. the child was out in the floor, it was her. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a 50 year old woman. Like. Oh my she god. She really had to go. Yeah. She really had to go. Yeah. Wait, we need more public toilets in the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Save for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to bring this back to a conversation we had before, but I ran away to the bathroom in between. Uh, so you talk a lot about the pandemic. I'm curious, in Dublin, what happened with the pandemic? Because when it came to the, the, the small town, Pubs, yeah, wrecked, absolutely wrecked. And actually, it's a conversation we had before. The one guy he was talking about, he yeah. said he's like, you know, he had the, he had two brothers actually. One was eighty, and one was eighty-four. And the eighty-year-old guy would come in at ten a.m. and have a pint, and yeah, talk, and he'd go home. And he'd come back at fucking four o'clock to meet his friends, and have a couple pints, and then go home and come back at like the end of the night. Have a yeah. Party. And he said he drove him home the week after everything kind of shut down, and he was crying in the car. He's like, "This is I, what am I going to do." What am I yeah. gonna do? So I think I think there's two sides of that. Like down in the country and everything, there is a dependency. And like if you're living in a house out in the country and there's no other social aspect, you're gonna meet people. Also, probably go from an eighty-four not to be going to the pub at ten in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he's crying that the pub is closed. Like Ireland, Ireland has always had a big drinking culture, and we we've, we've always been associated with drinking. Because of those old schoolers, like no one in our generation goes to the pub at ten in the no, morning. No. Like, like we keep, like we might go out for a couple of pints on a Wednesday or Thursday, two or three pints, yeah. home at eleven to break up the week, and then we'll go out on like one big night in the weekend, and, yeah. and that's it. Maybe like, two out push and be dying on Monday, you know? Like, yeah. You will, or maybe you go for a. Now there are people that will go out Friday, Saturday, Sunday every single weekend, but like most people that we know don't do that anymore. You know, we're getting older. We're in our thirties now. Yeah. You know? I think um, I, I think it, like it comes from like pub used to be like the public house whereas like if you want to get out of the house and meet people it was like the common meeting ground in the yeah. village back in the back house nowhere I'd in the country i remember when i as a kid and um my dad's from rural island so um you know we'd go to the and it literally would there'd be like a pub at a crossroads and like i'd go into the pub with my dad as a kid you know 11 years old and in this rural village and it'd be like oh that's your granddad's sister's um, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? You, they're their cousins there, their second cousins over there, and and everybody's in there, and, and the kids are all in there. Like children are in there with a pack of crisps and a can of uh, bottle of coke or a Lucasade or whatever. You know what I mean? And they're all just in there, and there's a terrible country singer in the corner, and yeah. everyone's just having a great time. And it is, it was a social aspect. You know what I mean? And you could do that every single night of the week, and the public would have. That is, it is where people socialise. Yeah. Um, obviously, cities are different. Obviously, times are changing. All of these things. But one thing about the pandemic was we had the worst and longest lockdown of hospitality of, I think, anywhere in the world. Like, it was yeah. really, really long. 
it was brutal. And even when they did open up, they gave us nuggets. Like it was like, you know, closing at 8 p.m. or like you could only be in the pub for an hour and a half and you had to eat a meal and all these yeah, mad, stupid rules that were just like the amount of pub food I ate at one point. Like you were actually booking tables to sit in there for an hour and a half. And afterwards you're going, why did I even do that? We were so desperate for just to get um, back and see people. And in the end of the day, you'd have people who haven't been to a pub in like four months will go for an hour and a half in a pub. Realistically, it's like we don't want to keep in the pub anymore because it spread the pandemic. We Everyone in the book, like the, like the, like the alcohol shops, like I don't like what, what like the bottle shops, like we call them, yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah, liquor stores. Yeah. We call them offos over here, the offos. Yeah. But they'd stay open to ten, so you meet up at eight, you'd be kicked out by half nine. You Realistically, everyone just went to the fucking offy, yeah. got a load of cans, and had a house party. So right. like it was pointless. And people lost yeah. their jobs. Yeah. Like hospitality um, was closed. Like yeah. a lot of those places never opened up again. Some pubs were scapegoated because they, you know, slightly broke some rules and they were like shut down. Yeah. Spite like Berlin bars gone. That was one of my favorite pubs. In yeah. Oh, yeah. In fairness, that was ridiculous. Yeah, they did break the rules a lot. Okay. Berlin bar, like, but they were kind of. They did kind of go. What did they, they do? They had a boozy brunch and somebody was videoing it and they went hell for it. It was not a boozy brunch, it was a fucking rave. It was supposed to be. It was <laughs> supposed to be a pandemic. boozy brunch. Like we're talking like fucking 10 Downing Street rave. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They did a bit of a boys um, Johnson, yeah. Um, but, but they were shut down, you know what I mean? Like everyone now lost their jobs and like that pub is never to be seen again. And yeah. it, was, it was just very, it was a crazy time here. And yeah, we, I think we, at one point it was like 10 months with no... Yeah, no but to be fair, like like the Irish government did look after hospitality to the best they can. So we had the pub, which was the pandemic unemployment payments. Payment. Yeah. Um, and it got to the point where when the pubs back opened and people were, you know, only able to work two or three days a week, they actually weren't working because the Irish government were paying them their full week's wages. So like if I go back and work two days a week, I'm only going to be making the money for two days a week, where the Irish government are paying me for, oh, you know... Oh, but it, was, it wasn't like a full week, I think it was like... But yeah, but also, you can only work and then close the pub at 8 o'clock. So, you know, you really couldn't, and, and it was shit for people, because you can't pay your rent and your mortgage on two days' wages. Like, So there was very, there was a one corner of society that was like, oh, people just don't want to work, they just want this pup, they just want this free money from the government. But it's like, but you're not opening, you're half opening. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people can't pay their rent on half a wage. So yeah. what do you expect them to do? Of course yeah. they're going to want to keep their 450 a week from there. That's the thing, yeah. Right. It was just, like, it was I, really annoying. I made some own, like, restaurants and cafes and everything. It was like, well, like, it got to the stage where, like, it's like, they're looking after the individuals who are working. They're getting the pup and they're getting their, you know, 350, 400 a week. Um, and, like, like, really, like, pretty well looked after with the businesses who had to close and couldn't hire people in. We're also getting massive breaks and getting paid a lot. Yeah, they were. Which is great. And in the end of the day, like it was good to see because like we were set up as a socialist republic, and that was the socialism coming in through. And it was like, okay, this is great. But like, like some of like my business, my business, my 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 business employs ten people. But we were getting 140 grand a year from the government just to fucking stay open, just to make sure when the pandemic ended, there was still businesses open and an economy to fuel. So I was like, okay, Grant, we'll fucking do it. So like, they did look after that a lot, but they didn't realize the other side of it was like, people just weren't going to go back to work. No. Why would you? No. Yeah. 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 They, 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 they wound it down eventually. Mm. But I think it was more the, the effect that it did have on people. Like, gen, on people, like, we kind of, 
you know, we might not be going to the pub at 10 in the morning like that old fella, but like, people need that place to meet and to have fun yeah, and to release, go on steam. Like, and, and we just didn't have it for so long. And I, I think that's probably why everyone's so busy on a Wednesday night. I think yeah. people are still yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know? We're uh, still in that phase where it's like, like everything's open back up. It's like, it's yeah, a year later. Yeah. Summer of yeah. yes, summer of time. Summer yes. Summer of yes. Are we happy? Yeah, that I'm was great. happy. Remember that time that Katie said she wasn't going to talk much? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said she wasn't going to talk much, and we are at an hour and four minutes right now. Yeah. 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 Nice. And we are your last choices. Yeah, yeah. You want well, our first, first choice. Put that on the record. Yeah. First choices in our hearts. Yeah. Uh, Killian, Katie, thank, thank you guys. You. Oh, man, it was great. With us. No, yeah, cheers. Yeah, Let's do that again. Last cheers. Are we going out? No, last cheers for the podcast. For the podcast. We had we had a start cheers and a end cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback, on Instagram at The Buyback Podcast, or email us at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. If you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time. Well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> <more information. laughs> Thank you guys. Seriously, Thank though. You, that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing.